0: to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the coming judgment on Judah, as we pick up in Jeremiah, chapter 4, verse 5. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck.
1: Declare ye in Judah, publish in Jerusalem, and say, Blow ye the trumpet in the land, cry, gather together, and say, Assemble yourselves and let us go to the defense cities. Set up the standard toward Zion, retire, stay not, for I will bring evil from the north and great destruction. The lion has come up from his thicket, and the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. Babylon is moving. He has gone forth from his place to make thy land desolate and thy city shall be laid waste and without inhabitant. For this gird you up with sackcloth Lament and howl, for the fierce angler of the Lord is not turned back from us. And it shall come to pass at that, that day, saith the Lord, that the heart of the king shall perish in the heart of the princes, and the priests shall be astonished, and the prophets shall wonder. Then said I, Ah, oh, Lord God, Jeremiah is responding. When God said all these things, you know, the judgment is coming, these men are all going to be... Sun. Then I said, Oh, Lord God, surely... You have greatly deceived this people in Jerusalem, saying, Ye shall have peace, whereas the sword is reaching to their soul. Because the prophets were going around saying, Peace, peace, peace and safety, you know. uh, Babylon shall not come to this place. Babylon shall never cast a trench around this place. At that time it shall be said to this people and to Jerusalem, A dry wind of the high places in the wilderness toward the daughter of my people, not to fan nor to cleanse, even a full wind from those places shall come unto me. Now also will I give sentence against them. Behold, he shall come up as the clouds, and his chariot shall be as a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. Woe unto us, for we have been spoiled, destroyed. O Jerusalem, wash your heart from wickedness, that you may be saved. How long shall your vain thoughts remain in your minds? For a voice declares from Dan, publish the affliction from Mount Ephraim, make ye mention of the nations. Behold, publish against Jerusalem that watchers are coming from a far country and give out their voice against the cities of Judah. As keepers of a field are they against her roundabout, because she hath been rebellious against me, saith the Lord. Thy way and thy doings have procured These things unto thee, you've brought it upon yourself This is thy wickedness because it is bitter Because it reaches into your hearts My bowels, my bowels, I am pained at my very heart My heart makes a noise in me I cannot hold my peace because you have heard O my soul, the sound of the trumpet and the alarm of war Destruction upon destruction is cried, for the whole land is spoiled. Suddenly are my tents spoiled and my curtains in a moment. How long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? For my people is foolish. They have not known me. They are sottish children. They have no understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. Paul said we ought to be simple concerning evil things. A lot of people like to dabble into the evil things. Well, I just want to understand, you know, about the evil. You know, let's, let's go, you know, down to the nude show so that we'll know what to preach against. The Bible says be simple concerning evil. Better that you be dumb about evil things. Of course, it's good that you pick up the lingo so that you won't be using some of the corrupted words that they use. But it's good to just be simple about evil. And and Jeremiah says much the same thing here. The people were wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. Now the Lord speaks. Now there are some who think that Jeremiah is here going back, but contextually it's hard to really see it that way. But he uses the same phraseology that is used in Genesis 1. And therefore, those who uh, adhere to the gap theory, and that is that between verses 1 and 2 of Genesis, there is a gap of indeterminate time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Period. When that was, we don't know. Billions, trillions of years ago, we don't know. Verse 2 And the earth was without form and void can also be translated, but the earth became wasted and desolate. So they see the possibility of a great gap of time indeterminate existing between verses 1 and 2 of Genesis. And they see the earth that was originally created by God as being destroyed by God's fierce anger In a rebellion that preceded man's existence upon this planet And one of the scriptures that they use as a proof for the gap theory Is this particular passage that we come to here in Jeremiah Where he makes a reference, I beheld the earth And lo, it was without form and void The same terminology that you find in verse 2 of Genesis 1 And the heavens, they had no light. You remember the first thing God said was, let there be light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all of the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all of the birds of heavens were fled. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was as a wilderness, And all the cities were broken down by the presence of the Lord and by his fierce anger. For thus hath the Lord said, The whole land shall be desolate, yet I will not make a full end. And so those who subscribe to the gap theory see this as a proof of the gap theory as Jeremiah, they say, is looking back and he sees the earth prior to God's reconstruction of the earth for placing man upon it and sees earth in perhaps the state that it was before God began to reconstruct the earth to put man upon it, sees it in the last ice age when there was no light shining down upon the earth, when the earth was enshrouded in darkness and uh, the the birds, the, the life that had existed was gone. The cities that were once here were destroyed. And so they explain the fossils, prehistoric man, and so forth through this gap theory. There is much that can be said for the gap theory. There are problems also with the gap theory. But it is one of the common theories of creation and especially of Genesis, that gap theory. And as I say, there is merit to it. There are problems, but there is merit to it. For thus hath the Lord said, the whole land shall be desolate, yet I will not make a full end. For this shall the earth mourn and the heavens above be black, because I have spoken, I have purposed, and I will not change, neither will I turn back from it. The whole city shall flee for the noise of the horsemen and the bowmen. They shall go into the thickets and climb up on the rocks. Every city shall be forsaken, and not a man dwell therein. And when you are spoiled, what will you do? Though you clothe yourself with crimson, though you deck yourself with ornaments of gold, though you rentest your face with painting, in vain you will make yourself beautiful." For your lovers will despise thee, they will seek thy life. For I have heard a voice as of a woman in travail, and the anguish as of her that is bringing forth her first child, and the voice of the daughter of Zion that is wailing. She is spreading forth her hands. She is saying, Woe is me now, for my soul is weary because of the murderers. Run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. See now and know and seek in the broad places. If you can find a man, if there be any that is executing judgment and that is seeking truth, and I will pardon. If you can find one man. You remember when the angels were going down to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham said, hey, Lord. Lord. Shall not the God of the earth be fair? Would you destroy the righteous with the people? What if there are 50 righteous people in that city? The Lord said, I'll spare it for 50 righteous. Well, Lord, what if there's 40? What if there's 30? What if there's 20? What if there's 10? The Lord said, I'll spare it for 10. Now God is saying of Jerusalem, just search. Search through the whole city. Find one man, one man that is seeking to execute judgment, that is seeking the truth. And though they say, the Lord liveth, they swear falsely. People were still mouthing the right words, but they, it wasn't coming from their hearts. The Lord liveth, a popular phrase in those days. Oh, the Lord liveth. Uh, you remember when Elisha healed Naaman of his leprosy, the Syrian general, and, and he tried to give Naaman a lot of reward. You know, a lot of silver and changes of clothes and so forth because of his seal. And Elisha said, ah, keep your stuff. I don't want any of it. I don't need it. You keep it. Well, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, saw the loot. And he thought, oh, man, if I just had a little bit of that, I could buy a field and, and I could plant a vineyard and I could have servants and, and I could plant some olive trees. Man, I could retire. Whew, that would be nice. So as Naaman was going back, he got on his little donkey and he headed out after him. And, and they said to Naaman, hey, it looks like someone's chasing us. They said, well, let's stop and see who it is." Well, it looks like the servant of the prophet. And so as old Gehazi came up, you know, on his little donkey, he said, everything okay? Oh, yeah, everything's okay. Except that uh, my master Elisha had some sudden company come in, some young men, and they needed some help. So he said he'll take just a little bit of your silver and a few changes of garments and so forth. So Naaman gladly gave him the stuff, and he got back on his donkey and went back, and he hid all the stuff and came whistling in, you know. And the prophet said, as the Lord liveth. You see, it was a common term, spiritual term. It signified, you know, that you had it going spiritually. <laughs> as the Lord liveth, where have you been? As the Lord liveth, I haven't been anywhere. You see, all of the deceit and lying, but he was couching it in spiritual terms in order to sort of deceive. And I'm afraid that many times people do couch themselves in spiritual terms for the purpose of deceiving. Yeah, I'm right on, brother. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Bless God, man, you know. And, and, and we use this spiritual jargon to deceive. And, and so Gehazi, as the Lord never, I didn't go anywhere. Oh, oh, oh wait a minute. And then the prophet began to read his mind Is this the time to buy fields And to plant vineyards and olive trees And to hire servants That's just what he was thinking, you see He said, did not my heart go with you When you chased after that man and took those things And now because of that The leprosy that was upon him is going to come upon you And the guy turned white with leprosy And went out from the sight of the prophet. But yet he was using the spiritual, and God says, hey, they use the term as the Lord liveth. But in that day, though they say the Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. Jeremiah responds, O Lord, are not your eyes upon the truth? You have stricken them, but they have not grieved. You have consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. Therefore, I said, surely these are poor. They are foolish for they know not the way of the Lord nor the judgment of their God. I will get unto the great men, I will speak to them for they have known the way of the Lord and the judgment of their God but these have altogether broken the yoke and they've burst the bonds. Wherefore a lion out of the forest shall slay them and a wolf of the evening shall spoil them and the leopard shall watch over their cities and everyone that goeth out from there shall be torn in pieces because of their transgressions are many and their backsliding is increased. How shall I pardon thee for this? God cries. Thy children have forsaken me, and they've sworn by them that are not gods. When I fed them to the full, they committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's houses. They were as fed horses in the morning, and everyone was neighing after his neighbor's wife. Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord, and shall not my soul be avenged on such nation as this? Go ye up upon her walls and destroy, but make not a full end. Take away her battlements, for they are not the Lord's. For the house of Israel and the house of Judah have dealt very treacherously against me, saith the Lord. They have belied the Lord and said, It is not he, neither shall evil come upon us, neither shall we see the sword or famine. And it won't happen here. And the prophets shall become wind, and the word is not in them. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, because you speak this word, behold, I will make my words in thy mouth like fire fire, and the people like wood, and it will devour them. Lo, I will bring a nation upon you from far, O house of Israel, saith the Lord. It is a mighty nation. It's an ancient nation, a nation whose language you do not know, neither understand what they say, and their quiver is an open sepulcher. And they are all mighty men, and they shall eat up your harvest and your bread, which your sons and daughters should be eating. And they shall eat up your flocks and your herds, and they shall eat up your vines and your figs, and they shall impart. Your cities wherein you have trusted with the sword. Nevertheless, in those days, saith the Lord, I will not make a full end with you. God promises He's not going to cut the people off completely. For it shall come to pass when you will say, Wherefore does the Lord our God all of these things against us? Then shall You answer them, like as you have forsaken me and serve strange gods in your land, so shall ye serve strangers in a land that is not yours. Declare this in the house of Jacob, publish it in Judah, saying, Hear now this, O foolish people, you that are without understanding, which have eyes but you see not, which have ears but you hear not. Do you not fear me, saith the Lord, Will you not tremble at my presence? For I have placed the sand for the boundaries of the sea by a perpetual decree that it cannot pass over it. And though the waves thereof toss themselves against it and they roar, they will not prevail. But this people has revolted and they they have a rebellious heart. They have revolted and gone away. Neither say any of them in their heart, let us now reverence the Lord our God, who gives us the rain, both the former and the latter, in its season. He reserves unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Your iniquities have turned these, away these things, and your sins have withheld good things from you. Oh, the good things that God wants to do for you, but he is hindered because of your sins. Jude says, keep yourself in the love of God. What does he mean? He means to keep yourself in the place where God can do all of the good things he wants to do for you because he loves you. It doesn't mean keep yourself so sweet and beautiful that God can't help but love you. Because God's love for you is uncaused. It's in his nature. God loves you good or bad. That's just God's nature. But because God loves you, he wants to bless you. He wants to do good things for you. But as with Judah Your sins have withheld the good things from you Those good things God wants to do for you For among my people there are wicked They lie in wait As he that sets a trap And they set a trap for men to catch them As a cage is full of birds So are the houses full of deceit Therefore they have become great, and they have become very rich. They have become fat. They shine. They overpass the deeds of the wicked. They judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless. And yet they prosper. And the right of the needy they do not take care of. Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on a nation like this? A awesome, wonderful, and horrible thing is committed in the land. Wonderful in in the sense that it causes wonder and amazement. An amazing and horrible thing is committed in the land. For the prophets are prophesying falsely, and the priests are bearing rule by their wealth, and my people love to have it that way. What will you do in the end of such things? You see, there's corruption. Those that are ruling are ruling corruptly. But the people love it that way. They'll vote for them at the next election. (laughs) Every election amazes me. When I see the people that are elected into office, those kind of things absolutely, well, as God said, you can't believe it. It's awesome, it's horrible. The priests are bearing rule by their own wealth, but the people love to have it that way. Rather than being shocked and arising in, in righteous indignation, people just seem to go along with it and love to have it that way. I can't understand it. And God himself couldn't understand it. God speaks of it in, it's just, it's just how, how, how can you believe it? How can you understand it? It's just horrible. But... As we read Jeremiah, the real value of Jeremiah comes as you see a nation that is about to die and you observe the symptoms of that nation and the disease that has brought its death. And it will help you to understand very much as you look at the nation in which we live today and what's happening.
0: Continue with more of our verse by verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast, as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Jeremiah four through five when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today Podcast or sign up for our email subscription.
1: May his hand be upon your life and may the flame of love really begin to burn in your heart towards God. That this will be a week in which you're really in tune, in harmony with him. And that love and, and commitment is restored and, and it's just a glorious week of, of thinking of him, worshiping him, serving him, loving him. May God be pleased with you by your commitment and devotion to Him. In Jesus' name.
0: This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Lord, I believe in you. How always believe in you?
1: It is by faith that you've been walking into one level of spiritual maturity to another. Faith is the key to a successful Christian life. And that is why the Word of God tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It was faith that led Abraham into the land of promise. It was faith that led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. It was faith that enabled Peter to step out of the boat and to walk on water. The question is, what might faith do in you? To order a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, Faith, or to preview a chapter for free online, visit thewordfortoday.org
0: or call 800-272-9673.